Little uh, little footnote in case you guys missed it. Today's Valentine's Day. Uh, I know it's a little late, man, men out there, if you kind of missed it. But it is Valentine's Day. And, and funny thing, typically... I don't fail epically at things like this, and I'm not going to say I failed epically this year, um, but I'm usually a little more on the ball, but uh, I'll be honest. So this morning, I found myself um, at Reese's at, at 8 a.m. Um, to get my wife um, some flowers and a card, um, and so I was that guy for, um, I think, the first time in our marriage. Here's the thing. As years have gone on, like I've kind of just waned and waned, um, so don't expect anything next year, honey. That was it. This was the last hoorah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but... It was uh, it was one of those things, like, it was so funny, I had to tell on myself. Like, I could have got away with it, really. My wife wouldn't know any better, because I don't always give her something the morning of, but I just had to share with her, it's like, babe, I've got research this morning, and it was like this, like, it was like wolves at, at research, at the card section, at the flower section this morning. Um, there's not very many people at research at 8 a.m., but this morning, it was all men um, getting something for their significant others. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Guys pawning over the cards. They've got flowers in their hands. Um, I look at it like every check stand's got a dude there with flowers and a card. Um, no women in sight other than the lady that was like um, frantically restocking the Hallmark shelf there. And so it was, it was pretty funny. Um, but being Valentine's Day, I wanted to share with you guys something, uh, some funnies actually, because you know, I'm not so much a romantic guy as a um, uh, comedian, but um, so I got any Office fans, Michael Scott fans, um, a few of you, so you guys will appreciate this. Um, this is a, a Michael Scott quote, so you know it'll be good. It says, um, he was asked, would um, I rather be feared or loved? He said, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Um, so that's, uh, that's really my goal in, in the relationship with my wife. I want her to be afraid of how much she loves me. Um, this one, the secret to a long marriage is to stay gone. Um, so, <laughs> as a man in a relationship, you have two choices. Men, listen up. You can be right or you can be happy. So, um, love is a two-way street constantly under construction. So, if you guys have tried to drive from Claremore to Pryor, you kind of know what we're talking about there um, <laughs> right now. And so... Before you marry a person, you should first make them use a computer with slow internet to see who they really are. Um, it's very revealing. <laughs> my wife probably would have changed her mind had she saw that. Um, this, is, this is probably by far my favorite. Uh, any single people out there? You don't have to raise your hand. It's embarrassing. I know it's Valentine's Day. Um, I, pro, pro tip. Pro tip here. You are never alone on Valentine's Day if you live near the lake and have bread. So there you go. All the single people. <laughs> but, right. Tonight, though, tonight in the spirit of uh, February 14th, I do want to talk to you guys about love. Um, and I don't want to talk to you about love in the context of relationships with, with people, but uh, I do want to talk to you about love. Tonight's uh, message is titled this, No Greater. Um, it's titled No Greater. And tonight I want to focus... I want to focus on a single man. Um, so if you don't know this, if you're kind of new to the faith, uh, the Bible, though it's the word of God, and we know that it's the inspired word of God, God used different men to write it. And so by inspiration of his spirit, they penned it. And so um, tonight we're going to talk about one of those men. We're going to talk about the apostle John. And so John, he was one of Jesus's original 12. He was a fisherman. He was a disciple, an evangelist, a pastor, and a theologian. Um, a little bit about John is he was the oldest living apostle. I mean, he was one of the youngest 
um, to join Jesus, but he was also one of the ones that lived the longest. And uh, many of uh, Jesus' disciples were martyred. They were murdered, um, basically, for their faith. Um, John survived um, an attempt at this. Um, he survived, and he actually lived um, in exile on an island um, for the rest of his life. And so um, he was known as... Uh, a son of thunder, and so if you guys are watching The Chosen or something like that, you've seen him, and so what that means is uh, he was hot, hot-headed. He was, he was temperamental. Um, he was a guy I can really relate to, um, but as time went on, um, he, he really humbled himself to the Lord, and he was actually, he went from being known as um, the, one of the sons of thunder to being the apostle of love, and a lot of the stuff that he wrote actually had to do with just the love of Christ living in you, um, so he really, man, he, he went a full, full circle, completely different place. And so that, I didn't feel like there's any better person just to really to teach us today um, than him. And so uh, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. If you read um, his gospel, so John wrote one of the gospels. Gospels are um, eyewitness accounts of Jesus's life. There's four of them. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, John is one of the best if you're, if you're new to the church, if you're new to the faith, um, if you just or you're just curious. You're like, I don't know about all this Jesus baloney or whatever. You're, wherever you're at, start in John. John's a p- great place. Uh, he makes a great case for Jesus. Again, he was an eyewitness. He was there. Um, and again, he referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, um, which I do find amusing because J- Jesus loves us all. But um, So I don't know if that's arrogance kind of seeping through or whatever. I'm pretty sure had I been a disciple, I would have been the one that Jesus loved. Not that it would have been true, but that's just kind of my mentality too. But um, <laughs> So John... John, um, this is an interesting fact too, he was the only disciple that we know that was at Jesus' crucifixion. So um, in reality, he probably did have a bit of a closer relationship with Jesus than some of the other ones. So he stayed by his side when it was dangerous. I mean, he followed Jesus to the cross. Um, and actually right there at the end, um, Jesus charged him with caring for his mother. He said this in John 19, 26 through 27. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, that's John, um, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to the disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, the disciple took her um, into his home. And so obviously they had a close relationship. And so I'm sure John was justified in his vernacular there. Um, But um, John was loved by Jesus. And John went from this uh, ill-tempered fisherman who didn't know anything about anything um, to to living the longest, um, as far as the disciples go, in a relationship with Christ. And he gave us some great work. and, And I'm really looking forward to diving into it with you guys tonight. We're going to start with a passage from his gospel. Um, and so I want to share with you from John, um, John 15, 9 through 13. And it says this, um, this is Jesus speaking. And it says, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love when you obey my commandments. Um, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's command- commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And so um, Jesus said, man, you, you remain in my love. And, and to do that, love, love people. Love people. But he goes on, and he gives an example of that. What is it um, to love in the same way as the Lord? He says, there's no greater love 
than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And so when Jesus was saying this to them and, and teaching them, um, they didn't really have the full understanding that Jesus was going to sacrifice his life for them. Um, but so when he's given it, he says, um, love each other in the same way I'd love you. And so at the time, you know, maybe they could look at um, Jesus's life up into that point, And Jesus said, he'd been sacrificial. You know, he'd been with them. He'd loved them. He'd journeyed with them. He'd taught them um, and, and done things for them and shown them a better life. And then, um, you know, on the other side of Jesus's death and resurrection, they really begin to get the full picture of this, that the love that Jesus was talking about was much more than just a friendship. It was a sacrificial type of love. And so when Jesus is teaching here to go back to that, um, you know, he's saying, uh, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I'd loved you. So again, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Well, what's the command? That, that we're to love as Jesus loved sacrificially. And now I'm not saying that in order to remain in right here that you need to, to literally go lay down your life and, and to be crucified and die a brutal death. But, but there's a sacrificial type of love we're called to. And so today on Valentine's Day, it's easy to get caught up in just the commercialization of everything. And, and we love to, to give people little cut out pictures of our organs and stuff and tell them how much we love them. Um, and it's great. My wife loves candy and chocolates and, and I do too. Um, and those are all great. But um, there's a greater thing to really pull away from here that, that we are called to a sacrificial type of love for one another. That um, when it it comes to loving the people around me, that um, my desires should come second, that um, what I want to do should come second, that, that I need to put the needs of my wife and my children um, ahead of my own. But it goes further than that, that I want to love you all in that same way, that, that when you come here, I want to make sure that whatever's going on in my life, that I've set it aside and that, that I'm here to meet your needs. And I hope that as you guys come in here, um, you know, I know you're coming here for a reason, but you're also here to minister to those around you. And so as you look in this room, you're called to that, that same charge to, to sacrificially love the people in this room, whether you came with them or not, whether you know them or not, um, that, that we're all called to come together and, and to really lay down our lives for one another, to, to be a shoulder to cry on, to be an ear that's open to their needs, to, to be a, a warm hug or a handshake. Um, just to, to fellowship like we do um, with a meal or anything like that, that sacrificial type of love where there's something you might rather be doing, but you're going to be present in the moment, and you're going to be there for, for your friends, for your family in this room, and you're going to love them in a way that reflects Jesus's love for them. And so tonight, um, I want to share five truths about love, and it's all going to be from First John, and I know all you guys heard was five points. I'm going to breeze through them. Um, breeze through them. It's going to be super fast. Um, we have something special for you guys after service, so I don't want to get hung up here all night. Uh, but um, I'm going to do something. I've done it a few times. We're going to be specifically just in a single book of the Bible. We're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. Um, 1 John is uh, not the gospel, John. There's a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 1 John is actually towards the end of your Bible. You got Revelation, Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. 1 John was a series of three letters that the same apostle John wrote. And so we're going to be in 1 John 4, verses 7 through 21. And so we're just going to be right there. All five points and 45 minutes of my message or so, no, um, are all going to be right there together. Um, so I want to start, though, um, with something that may be hard to hear. Um, anybody in here like hard truths? Me neither. I don't, man. They, they hurt. Um, Dale up here, he's like all over it. Um, but they grow us. And that's why Dale likes them, because, man, Dale likes to grow. Um, and so point number one is this. Love reveals our relationship with God. Again, love reveals our relationship with God. And so if you're a believer, 
You should love, and if you're having a hard time doing so, listen to this. If you're having a hard time doing so, it is not a reflection of the people around you. I'm going to come back to that. If you're a believer, you should love, and if you're having a hard time loving the people around you, it is not a reflection of them. It's a reflection of your relationship with Christ. Because I got news for you. We're all hard to love. We've all got stuff in our lives, and, and so we make more excuses. My wife makes more excuses for why well, she'll keep loving me than any other person. I, I'm sure of it. She puts up with more things for me than anybody else. And so, but her love for me is, is not and should not be a reflection of me. It's really a reflection of the commitment that she's made to Christ to love me as her husband. That's why she puts up with more. That, that's why she's willing to go further. Obviously, yeah, right? I mean, there's no other reason for it. Um, I suckered her in real quick. I knew she was a committed woman. Um, and so our capacity to love is tied directly to Jesus, though. And so I, I get that there's people in your life that are difficult. We all have those. And, uh, man, I can, I can despise people with the best of them. I really can, even as a pastor. I, it's one of the things I have to watch the most is, is making fun of people or, or putting them down or running my mouth and thinking I'm making funny jokes. But really, um, the thing that I'm doing is I'm putting distance between me and them. And I'm not meeting them with that sacrificial love that Christ has called me to. And so, again, my, my capacity to love is directly tied to my, direct, uh, my relationship with Jesus. And as I wane in other things, you know, if I'm not reading my Bible as I should, if I'm not going to church as I should, if I'm not doing the things I should do, well, my capacity to love begins to wane. It begins to fail. And and so if there's, if there's a difficult relationship in your life, if there's somebody you struggle with, then first and foremost, pray for them. Pray for them. Pray over them. Pray over your relationship um, and ask God what you should do. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, mistreating them is never the answer. Never the answer. But um, so First uh, John 4, 7 through 8 says this, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Again, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And so again, love reveals our relationship with God. If you're in here and you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, um, I'm, I'm grateful first and foremost that you're here um, and that you're checking things out and you're just kind of seeing, uh, <laughs> testing the waters. But if you've encountered somebody in the church that mistreated you, I want you to take a look at this verse. They did not represent God. They did not represent the church. That wound you have, that's unfortunate. But I want you to just know that it doesn't, it doesn't represent God and what he has for you. Because again, dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. So love reveals our relationship with God. If you've encountered people that, that maybe didn't have it all together, that were maybe in a bad moment. Um, what you encountered was not a representation of what God has for you, how God feels about you, but it was a representation of, of a relationship that's a little rocky, that where they, maybe they didn't have it all together. And so we're called to something different. We're called to love the people around us. And the more capacity we show for love, it's a direct reflection of, of our relationship with Jesus. And so moving on, heart, it's a hard truth, um, but point number two is this, Jesus reveals God's love for us. Jesus reveals God's love. So um, love reveals our relationship with God, and Jesus reveals God's love for us. 
So anybody in here ever feel unloved, unwanted, unneeded, anything like that? Um, and it's, it's really easy. I've been alone on holidays like this, things like that. And, and it's even more um, easy to kind of slip into that nobody loves me. And I'll be quite honest. There's been times in my wife and I's relationship, and all the married people can relate to this, that you feel distance even though you're in a relationship. That um, if you're not pursuing God the way you should, if you're not doing the things that you should do, um, you can begin to fall in these seasons where you still experience the same thing. Um, but John gives us some comfort in verses uh, four or nine through ten here, um, and he says, "God showed us how much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world, so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins." And so, I want to take a second just to unpack this just a little bit, that, that when you think about this, that, that if you are in here and you believe there's a God, then you believe there's a creator, a master of all. And, and we should be so insignificant, right? I don't know about you, but um, I have ants in my yard and, and I pay little to no attention to them. And it's really easy to fall into this mindset that, that God must think so little of us. I mean, ants are insignificant. Sometimes they're a nuisance. Um, I feel like I can be a nuisance to God and I begin can begin to relate my relationship to that. But I would never sacrifice one of my children for the ants in my yard. I would never do that. And so God, though, master, creator of all, the one that, that knew you, knit you together in your mother's womb, um, he, he thought so highly of, of a relationship with us. It was so important that, that he, he sacrificed his child so that we could have eternal life, eternal relationship with him, really, to be in his presence forever. And so in those moments where we feel unloved, unwanted, or unneeded, it's so important to go back to, to truth. And the truth is that that's not the case at all, that, that any time that we want to feel his presence, he's already there. We just have to open our eyes to it, that, that any time we feel distance from the creator, we, we can go back to the fact that he, he wanted to be so intentional about knowing us and being close to us that he sacrificed his son to make it so, so that we could have that relationship, so that we could be in his presence. And not only just be in his presence here for, for 40, 80 years, 100 years, whatever that may be, but, but eternally. There's not too many people where I'm like, man, I really wish that I could spend the next 60 years with them or the next 100 years with them. God desired to be with us so much that it's not only now in the here, in the middle of this mess, but forever and ever and ever. Beyond comprehension, that that's, that's how much he loves you. That's how much he desires that relationship and that closeness. Um, and I love that last part. This is real love. It's real love that he did that, but it's also real love, not that we loved God, not that it was an exchange that took place where God thought, all right, you're good enough. I would, you loved me first, I'll love you too. You know, it wasn't an exchange that took place where it was on our merit or something that we'd done. No, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. That, that he was first. That he was first. Um, I've seen those hashtags online where I loved her first. I loved him first, you know, in regards to our children. And, and that's true to every single one of us in regards to God. Before we were aware of our need for him, he loved us first. Before you were aware of your need for him, he loved you first. His presence was there, and he's been waiting on you. He's been, he's been waiting patiently for you to open your eyes to his presence and to realize your need, to, to realize his sacrifice, 
and to say, welcome home. I've got you. And so not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I love Romans 5.8 says this, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, while we were messing up in, in the middle of whatever it is. And you may not be past that. <laughs> Today, this Valentine's Day, you may be going through some serious stuff. You may have waned in your relationship with Christ. You may never have had one. But while you're in the middle of it, you can't earn it. God loves you now. God sacrificed his son for you now. And so if you're in here tonight, I encourage you just to, to take comfort in that thought, to dwell on it, to pray about it, that no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've drifted, or even if you've never been close to him, right now, God loves you. God sacrificed his son for you in the middle of it all because he wants to be close to you. And so love, love reveals, reveals our relationship with God and Jesus reveals God's love for us. Point number three is this, our love is God's love matured in us. Again, our love is God's love matured in us. And so matured here means fully grown or developed, fully grown or developed. And so um, the best picture of this is we've all seen little babies and babies are precious and then they continue to grow and develop. And so sometimes we have something precious and sometimes it's fully grown and developed and, and sometimes we can take it in ways we don't want to. But God's love, it starts off precious and when we allow it to grow and develop it in the way it's supposed to, um, that, that precious little baby God's given us just continues to get more beautiful and more beautiful and more beautiful, and, and eventually it comes to completeness in us. And so, again, our love is God's love matured in us. In other words, when we love one another, when, when you love your spouse, when you love your neighbor, when you love your coworker, when you love that irritating, despicable person that you can't stand, when you love that person, God reveals himself to others through you, through us, through our actions. That's the maturity of God's love. That, you know, when I first encountered God's love, it was by somebody who loved God, who had a relationship with God. And the first glimmer I can really ever remember of experiencing God was by God using somebody in my life to meet me right where I was at, in the middle of it all, to, to love me still, to not turn their back on me, and to see me through the things that I'd done. That was the completeness, the fullness of God's love. And, and as believers, as, as Christians, as Jesus followers, we have that same opportunity to display the maturity of God's love where he's poured it out on us, where it's filled us to the point that it's overflowing and spewing out on the people around us. That's God's love and maturity. And I love, John said it like this in 11 through 12. He said, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. That, that we get to be the visible image of an invisible God. That every single one of us have that opportunity. We can represent God in a way that draws people into relationship with him. That brings them closer. That, that gives them the opportunity 
to experience what we've experienced, salvation and freedom and our recovery. We get to go out in the community. You guys get to show up on a Monday night, whether you want to serve or not. You get to show up on a Sunday morning, whether you serve or not. And just by loving the people that walk through these doors, by loving the people that show up, you get to be the visible expression of an invisible God. And as people come through these doors, not believing, not even knowing what they're seeking or searching for, they'll find God when you greet them with a smile, when you give them a handshake, when you offer them a hug, when you take them out to lunch, when you take them out to dinner, you get to be God's love matured, and you get to be the one that nudges them closer to something better, to something greater. We get to be God's love in maturity. Isn't that awesome that we get to be that, that we get to be that? John continues um, with his letter, and in this next part, he talks about um, evidence that believers have within them. And so in verses 13 through 15, it says, and God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and that he lives in us. Furthermore, we've seen with our own eyes and now testify that the father sent his son to be the savior of the world. I wanna pause on that because we have seen with our own eyes and I wanna pause on that because again, if you're in here and you're on the fence, I wanna remind you that, that the Bible that we read is more than just a book. It is an eyewitness account that is we're reading about the love here that John's displaying. Not only is he writing through inspiration of God's spirit, but he was a witness to the life of Jesus. He was a witness to the death, the crucifixion of Jesus. He was a witness to the resurrection of Jesus. And so here he says, furthermore, furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes, the man writing this, seen and witnessed God in a body laid down his life to express this love for for us to witness, and then for us to express to others. We have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God and have, um, have God living in them and may live in God. And it goes on in verse 16, he says, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love, live in God. Let's say that again. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And so if you're struggling, if you're struggling, begin to really endeavor to love those around you. If, if you're on the fence and you're up here and like, man, this guy's talking nonsense. I don't believe a lick of this. I want to challenge you. I've done it before. I mean, I want to challenge you to a year just to pursuing the things that we talk about here, to reading your Bible, to praying, to living in love, and just changing the way you treat people, changing your outlook on the people around you. And I guarantee you that after a year, if you really endeavor to do that, that your conversation about this nonsense will be, be much different. And, and if it's not after a year, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to have a conversation with you. Um, but we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. It's a trustworthy thing. That, that the things we're talking about here, they're trustworthy. And God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And so God's love is so great. It's such a thing that you can trust. And there's not many things in this life that we can trust. There's not many things out in the world that, that we can put stock in. But the goodness of God is one of them. God's love is one of them. And as we endeavor to live in it, to walk in it day in and day out, its impact on our life is significant. It's immeasurable. And it's something that, that nobody can deny. And so point number four, though, as we're moving on, our love is perfected 
in God's presence. Our love is perfected in God's presence. And so um, many of you know this. I have, I have six kids. One of my favorite things to do with my kids is lecture them. Um, they're getting parents. All parents said amen. Um, one of the things that my kids hate more than anything is a lecture from dad. Um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, which is probably hard to believe if you've spent any time with me. You're like, really? Like, your life's a wreck, dude. You don't even look like you know what's going on half the time. Um, but I'm very particular about things in my life. And so um, this is probably my favorite thing to tell my kids, um, and it's this. Uh, the expert in anything was once a beginner. Because my kids will come back to me, and they're like, I can't. I can't do it. And so I love to tell them, like, everybody starts somewhere. Everybody starts somewhere. An expert at anything was once a beginner. An expert at anything was once a beginner. Love's a lot like that. That, that it's not easy. It's, not, it's something that we all work at. Whether you uh, are new to the faith, whether you're not in the faith, whether you've been walking with Jesus for 20 years or um, just a few short years, that, that an expert at anything was once a beginner. We all begin to start somewhere. I know for me, and so um, I'm actually a, a graphics guy by trade, um, signs, design, video, things like that, which is really weird how I got up here. I don't know. Um, but I remember uh, it's 2011. Um, I was actually, uh, I was on probation, had a felony. I got into the print industry because they hired felons. Um, and so I start working, running, running a screen printing press. And, and I'm doing that. And that's kind of how I got into it. And I began to notice like, all right, if I learn to do these other things, I could make more money. Because my boss at the time had actually told me this. He's like, um, I'm going to pay you minimum wage. I think it was $7.25. You'll never make more than that. I'm like, oh, great. You know, I've got however many years of uh, living life as a felon. I can't go back to what I used to do. This is going to be great. I'm going to starve to death. Um, I got court costs. Um, but I was like, all right, this guy's doing this stuff. And so I started to learn a trade. Um, not really a trade. I started learning graphic design and teaching myself. And, and let me tell you, uh, my first designs were terrible. Terrible. It looked like a kindergartner um, done cut and pasted something together. Uh, horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. And uh, any reasonable person would have been deterred by that and be like, all right, this is not my gifting. I'm actually not artistic at all. I'm really not. Um, but I'm determined. And not to, I was determined to make money. That was really a thing. I didn't want to be poor. I didn't want to make 725 forever. And so I continued um, to push myself and push myself and push myself. And even though I really don't have any artistic skills, um, I forced myself into learning it. And, and here we are um, about 12 years later, and, and most people, or 11 years, 11 years later, and most people are like, oh, man, you're, you're really good at this. I'm like, yeah, fake it till you make it, man. Um, really, it's a, <laughs> there's some truth to that. That when it comes to loving, I know early on that it really was. That's what I, I had to fake it till I made it. There was people that I didn't really care about. And sometimes, sometimes I don't feel like loving the people around me. But, but we do it anyways. And we do it anyways. And, and we get better at it. And it's perfected in us. And it grows in us. And maybe the thing that you were forcing yourself to do in the beginning, um, one day it's going to be so real that you don't even know how you got there. And so John, um, he says this in verse 17. He says, and as we live in God, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Say perfect. perfect. As we live in God, as we pursue him in relationship, as we pursue him in prayer, as we pursue him by congregating with God's people, as we pursue God, that thing's so difficult that you may be in here and you're like, I hate people. I hate being in groups. I hate being in crowds. I don't want nothing from nobody or anything like that. And, and I don't care. I'm just here for me. I'm just here to get a piece of paper signed or whatever it may be. 
That, that if you just begin to fake it till you make it, that you begin to endeavor to love God and love God's people and really try and really pursue it, that, that it becomes perfected. And so, will, uh, so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Again, how does Jesus live? There's no greater love than, than to give up one's life for their friends, that sacrificial love. And so when we talk about this, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because, say because, because we live like Jesus here in this world, that, that we're called the sacrificial love today, that that love that, that grows in maturity, it's, it's to look like Jesus. That love that we're endeavoring to perfect is to look like Jesus. And, and Jesus' love, the no greater love, is sacrificial love for one's friends, for the people in this room, for your family, again, for the neighbors, for the people that you don't like, that we're called to that love. And so I really like this because... I'm just not satisfied all the time with the way I love the people around me. I'm especially not satisfied with the way I love the people closest to me. And so it comforts me to know that, that every single time I fail at this, that every single time I'm struggling in this, I know the answer. That, that the answer to the problems right in front of me is to pursue God. That if my relationship is failing or struggling, the answer is not to buy my wife pretty things. It's to get myself right with Jesus, to spend more time in God's word. If I'm struggling with my coworkers and I'm having an issue or a problem that I feel like has no resolution, the answer is not in changing them. The answer is spending more time with Jesus and spending more time in pursuit of him and pursuit of his word. That, that if I want to grow in any relationship, again, having people around me that are difficult to love, it's not a reflection of difficult people. It's a reflection of my relationship with Jesus. 10 times out of 10, I just need to spend more time with God. And it's matured and it's perfected in God's presence. And so lastly, why should we love? That's the question. And I'm sure it's the question that many of you have in here. It's like, why should I love? I haven't been treated very great in my life. Um, maybe your husband doesn't treat you right. Maybe your wife doesn't treat you right. Uh, maybe you're not respected at work. And, and maybe you're your neighbor scratched up your, your nice Jeep and refuses to pay for it. Um, could be any number of things. That last one, I just kind of pulled that out of my hat right there. Um, but whatever it is in your life that's going on, it, it's really easy to ask myself that question. Why should I? Maybe you're, you're right about something. Maybe you're justified in something. Maybe something's taken place and, and you feel like you have every reason not to treat that person with sacrificial love. So why should we love? Um, point number five is this. We love because we were first loved. Again, we love because we were first loved. And I'm not talking about first love by an individual. Um, it's, uh, again, we go back to, man, God loved us first. God loved you first. And so John, in verses 18 through 19, he says, Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. That, that my love for you all is not contingent on you all. That, that's not what God's word says here. It says, I love you because he loved me. And that's a two-way street. If I failed you, you love me, not because of me. You love me because God loved you. So just to get that out there, that goes, goes for me too. Um, 
And it, it does. It goes for your spouse. It, it goes for whoever it is in your life that, that them being difficult to love is not a reflection of them. Um, it's a reflection of our relationship with Jesus. And, and we love not because of anything they've done. We love because he loved us first. And John comes full circle in verses 20 through 21. And he says this. And someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer. That person is a liar. It's a hard truth, isn't it? Because uh, I can sit here and I can run out of fingers and toes with people that, that I've said that I've hated, that I've felt in my heart that I've hated, that, that maybe I had every reason to be justified in, in not liking, not loving, not wanting around. Um, but John makes no bones about it. God's word here is very clear. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. That when it comes to my relationships, including the people that have wounded me and hurt me, loving them doesn't make what they did okay. And it's not for them, but that's what we're called to. That there's no greater love than sacrificial love. There's no greater love than the love that Jesus displayed on the Christ. And that's the love we're called to. Even if your relationships are difficult, even if you feel that you're justified, even if that person's wounded you, because if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? And if he has given us this command, those who love God must, and he has given us this command, those who love God must, say must, must, must also love their fellow believers, that we're called to love those in the body of Christ. We're called to love those around us. We're, we're called to something greater in our lives. We're called to pursue those around us with a sacrificial love. And so to recap tonight, love, first and foremost, it reveals our relationship with God. And I can't say this enough. If it's difficult to love the people around you, it's not a reflection of them. It's a reflection of your relationship with God. God reveals, or Jesus reveals God's love for us. That if you feel alone, if you feel abandoned, if you feel forgotten, just remember that, that Jesus revealed God's love through his sacrifice at the cross for us. Through his willing sacrifice to give up his own life that reveals God's love for us. Number three, our love is God's love matured in us that we get to be the visible expression of an invisible God by the way that we treat the people around us, by the way that we love them. And number four, our love is perfected in God's presence. Our love is perfected in God's presence. If you're having a hard time, if you're having a hard time, spend time with God. If your relationships are difficult, if they're struggling, spend time with God. Number five, we love because we were loved first. That our love is not based on what the people do around us or don't do around us. It's based off of one thing, what God's done for us. And so as we talk about love tonight, again, I go back to point two, that Jesus reveals God's love for us. And so to experience the fullness of God's love, to begin to experience love, um, it starts with us receiving and accepting uh, that expression of God's love, which is Jesus. And so if you're in here tonight and, and you've never... 
um, accepting him, if you've never made him Lord of your life, that's where it begins. That being indwelled with God's spirit is also saying, God, I want your love on the inside of me. I, I want to be able to treat people and see people the way that you do. That that's the beginning. And so if you're in here tonight and you've never done that, it starts with realizing that you need him, that you've made mistakes, that, that you can't save yourself by asking for forgiveness by believing in him, believing that Jesus was the son of God, that he came, that he lived, that he died so that you could be saved and forgiven. And lastly, by making him Lord of your life. And so as we close here tonight, we'll have our chip prayers and huggers at the front. And if you want to make that commitment, if you want to make that decision tonight to ask Jesus into your heart, we would love to pray with you and for you. And if you're in here tonight and maybe you've made that choice before and you've gotten off track and you've missed it and, or you've blown it or any number of things and you feel like you're far from God, too far to ever come back, I want, I want you to know that you're never too far from God, that he's always right there, that he's always waiting, arms open, just to receive you again. So if you need to recommit tonight, Again, I encourage you to come up front. We would love to, to pray with you and for you so that you can renew your relationship with Christ. And then if there's something in your life that, that as we talked, maybe it's a relationship, um, maybe, maybe it's just a, a hidden sin, something that, that you thought was secret, but God's just been touching tonight and, and poking and prodding at, something that you know, I need to lay that down. I need to deal with that. I want to encourage you to come pick up one of our white chips tonight. There's a blank space on the front. You can write down what it is. You can write down today's day. Whatever, this is just for you. Just so that you know, I gave that up. I gave that to him. And then lastly tonight, if you just need prayer, if you're in here and you're, you're like, man, I've got a relationship, but I've just been struggling. There's nothing God's pointed out directly, but I just need somebody to journey with me. I want you to know that that's us. We're here for you. And we would love to pray with you and for you for whatever's going on in your life. And so... Um, as we close tonight, if you guys could stand to your feet as we worship.